I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Game Table! This is The Game Table. I am Seamus Byrne back again and... Look, I'm, I'm going to save the preamble. Last time I did a quite lengthy preamble before bringing Nathan into the conversation. And uh, we've already been chatting for about five minutes before I've started this intro. So um, they have plenty to say. So I'm going to introduce for this week's show, Aaron Graham and David Wildsmith from Woo. Sevenland Hand. Thank you guys for being Yoo-hoo. here. Yeah, you're welcome, Seamus. Hello. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, look, yeah, really good to have you here, um, you know, as I kind of said to Nathan last week, I brought him along because I knew he was a massive board game nerd and could bring me up to speed on everything going on in that space. Uh, you two are going to be my magic nerds, basically. Uh, I hope you're I okay with we that. Talk about, I thought we were here to talk about bathroom cleaning products. Yeah. Oh. And, and tiling. With spray and wipe. Oh, yeah. That's, all right. that's what Seven Land Hand's all about. We I, can change tack. I, I, <laughs> I, think, I think that means my cleaner thinks she's coming over to play some magic. Oh, no. I sent the wrong oh, email. Classic mistake. Yeah. Classic yeah. Mistake. Rookie error. Yeah. Oh, look, we can wing it. What's well, this magic <laughs> thing we're talking about? Sure. Let's gather. Um, <laughs> look, how about we just start with the idea of tell me about your show and why it is the best thing ever and everyone should be listening to it. Oh, that's a big question. Well, we've been, we've been going since about 2013. Uh, we've been talking. We, and we, we, we sort of, sort of split, we've sort of um, just focused our efforts now more onto magic. Uh, in 2013, we started doing um, a magic show and a board game show and went alternate like that every fortnight for, for about six years. And um, just, just recently, we've decided, well, Seven Line Hand sounds like a magic podcast and we don't want to confuse everybody. So we're, we're focusing on, on what we know there with, with the magic stuff now. But um I know it's it's kind of I think we've always just tried to target uh, what we do as feeding the enthusiasm we have for our hobby uh, back out there into the into the wider audience and not being trying to be over the top too technical about it. I mean we do get deep and uh, we get uh, real experts on the show like Aaron knows the game inside and out, but it's always about um, accommodating the new player and allowing them some space to hear about magic, find a way into the game so that there's more people to play tomorrow. Yeah and. Uh, we we both have um, in in 2013 we actually started recording the podcast when I started working with David at uh, the store that he owns where we run uh, Perth's largest magic event so so we're from Perth in Western Australia and uh, it kind of started out as us just talking board games and um, and we both like podcasts and stuff a lot and David had this idea to do this um, to do this podcast and it's really been like we're, we're trying to cover all bases of new players, more established players, people getting into the hobby. Um, and then, yeah, we talk about board games and stuff as well, but magic is our, our biggest and truest passion. Yeah, and now we're, and now we're focusing more uh, a little bit on um, video content. So we're doing some funny stuff because we think we're hilarious <laughs> and uh, doing the videos. And we still we stand by that, don't we? We're yeah. our, our players you've met at every magic event on youtube.com forward slash seven I'll go out. I'll say they're funny. Yeah, they're funny. Uh, so, we, they're funny. <laughs> so we're 
So, you know, we've, we've got some funny skit stuff on YouTube. We've got some uh, tutorials, and we're really trying to boil back the tutorials so that um, anyone who hasn't played the game before, you know, that's coming into the game will be able to say, how do I build a deck? Well, here's your answer. Because I, I can remember going to a, a local terrible uh, game store in town, mention no names, mm-hmm. and, and holding up a variety of magic products and saying, which one of these do I buy? to learn the game and they looked at me just dumbfounded and said maybe the deck builder's toolkit so i bought a deck builder's <laughs> toolkit took it home and went i don't know any more than <laughs> don't i do know what I'm doing. I just know that i parted with <laughs> i just know that i parted with some money and I have some cards what do i do now and like the, the philosophy because like i i uh i host a lot of board game nights and i've been teaching magic now uh, professionally semi-professionally 87 years for 87 years yeah. um that's uh, impressive but like almost Almost, almost 10 years I've been playing Magic and eight years I've been running events, judging and running yeah. events and stuff as well. So, so I have a lot of first-hand experience of trying to teach people the game from scratch. They know nothing about it, and you really have to frame it in such a different way. Because um, there's so much we take for granted in, yeah. the, in the game. It's a complicated game, and the, the deeper into that rabbit hole you go, the more you learn and the more you take for granted. So when you're face-to-face with a new player and they just say something... They can say stuff right off the wall, and you're like, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Like you could, you've really misinterpreted the rules incorrectly. I was, I was but teaching someone in, uh, logical. Uh, I was teaching someone at our new store a few weeks ago, and uh, I said, Oh yeah, so like you turn your land sideways to say that you've used it. That's like how you use your resources in Magic. And he 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 looked down at what he'd already put on the table, and then he looked at his hand, and then he turned the cards in his hand sideways. Oh. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was like. Oh, good goodness. Like, I never thought of that. I never <laughs> yeah. even thought of that one before. It, yeah. It's a, like, but the, the things that you need to explain, because you, you just go, oh, you just tap that. Yeah. And even that in itself, yeah. if you're slightly in magic, fantasy, like whatever, like, like nerddom, you kind of know what that means. You're tapping a thing for yeah. mana. But so there's, a, there's heaps of stuff we take for granted. And we really try and get past all that to. Because we believe the payoff yeah. of getting into it and learning it and playing it is just massive yeah yeah it's just, it's just fantastic look you actually remind me that you know so my first run at magic was right back in the old like revised era first few sort of sets and things like that and uh, you know I, back then right we weren't re- we were early days of the web well a lot of it was you know irc forums and chat and all those yeah. kinds of things um but so it was mostly that i was just playing with my mates you know and so we weren't mm. learning about you know meta and all this stuff that exists these days when it comes to really playing seriously and optimizing and all that and so recently you know just a few years ago when i started getting back into it I remember playing with a friend who is very deep into it, you know, in the modern sort of era, and he basically, like, I literally remember the moment where he said, and and in response to the end of your turn, I, and then <laughs> yeah. did stuff. And it was something yeah. that I was like, that's a that's a thing you can do because it just it, it had never crossed my mind that that's a phase within the game that so yeah even in mm. that like yeah okay when it I, comes down from that first five phases you just think oh, okay there's upkeep first main uh, yeah. combat <laughs> and, 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 you, and you go wait a minute each one of those has like multiple sub phases yeah it oh was like God. it was a, a revelation <laughs> suddenly I'm like there really is a whole different game here that even yeah. though I'm like I played it for a few years back in the day it was like no I think yeah. there's a whole other way to play this game. 
So yeah, and that's uh, we like my my favorite magic content from where I'm at as a player is the really going deep technical. They can talk for an hour about one card and its strategic implications in the game. Um, but th- that's really not what we're trying to do with Seven Land Hand because we're more like the magic as an entire hobby podcast. Because yeah. I, I really came at it from completely different. Um, a different approach. Like I, I love artwork. I love images. And I've heard other people say this, you know, how they got into magic. They saw some art and went, that's sweet. And someone said, oh, that's a, from a magic card. And you're like, I can play a game when it has art like this. And <laughs> yeah. 270 cards will come out every quarter with more art like this. This is fantastic. Incredible. And even to this day, we still joke about it. I'm, we'll be talking about a card and I'll say, oh, what's that card with the the, the guy in the sky and you know he's, it's all flaming around him and there's some lightning shooting up there and Aaron will give the card name and I'll like yeah that's the one <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I just remember the picture like, no it's a terrible card <laughs> yeah but it's got such sweet art how can it be a bad card it's just like you know whatever gets it into and I, I'm more of a collector than anything you know so I love yeah, collecting right. the full sets so there's, there's, there's something for everyone yeah look I actually I took my kids to the uh, Grand Prix in Sydney a few years ago and and I, I had, again, I'd never been to one of the main sort of events before. And what was awesome was to see actually some of the artists there at the event. Yeah. You know, so signing cool. mats, stuff like that. And to be able to, you know, my kids like doing art. And it was that cool thing going, okay, so the, here's this game. And, you know, they already knew a little bit about it, but it was that nice thing going. And now here's the actual people who make the art that's on those cards, you know? And so for them it was like, yeah. oh, my God, like suddenly there's that almost like it's the human nerd celebrity <laughs> moment as well. Yeah, it's like you made the art. I love art. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. I really fanboy out. I mean, we've, we've interviewed like Noah Bradley on the show and we've got bumps from like Eric Deschamps and all that sort of stuff at the beginning of our shows. And that's just like, you know, it's this, you know, I can go to my my regular day job and go, "Hey, man, I'm I'm interviewing Noel Bradley tomorrow," and they're like, "Yeah, well, anyway, at nine o'clock we've got to do this thing," and it's like, "You don't know how big this is." Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Shut up and listen to me one more time, and at least <laughs> nod in approval. <laughs> yeah, then they're walking away, going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so give me give me the last few kind of you know I guess last what whatever window of time you feel like is the right way to set up, you know, the state of the last few sets and even the kind of the storyline element, because I do love lore in all my Ah. games and, you know, I'd like, even, I imagine there might even be that debate. You're opening a big tin of worms there, Seamus. Don't start that argument. Is it tacked on or is it just about the cards and the rules and the gameplay or is there a cool story hiding here as well? (laughs) Well, 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 they... Uh, oh, let's start with the law. I think that's a problem. Yeah, start go on. Yeah, we'll, I think we'll start, start there, there and then we'll dive into actual card details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, five, five or six years ago, uh, they very astutely noticed that people were getting more into franchise and getting more into things like, you know, the, the Avengers is, is the biggest movie in the world and all this mm. kind of thing. Comic books are back in vogue, all this kind of stuff. Um, in Magic, they rebooted the story to not be like discreet little uh, windows into these little worlds and they made uh, a bit of a planeswalker which is the the main magic uh using characters uh mm. but legendary well, they were worried that they need magic didn't have any specific characters so they said yeah. planeswalkers they can be our characters mm. let's go yeah. and they said let's let's get a bunch of these planeswalkers one in each color of different like you know one's an elf and there's one's a uh battle mage and one's like a mind mage and 
One's a fire mage and all this kind of stuff. Big lion guy with and a, a big uh, <laughs> cat man. Uh, and uh, then they uh, said, let's get them all together in this kind of big story uh, thing where they fight against the big baddie. And then they form like a super hero planeswalker team and they'll band together and they'll go around the multiverse like, you know, uh, solving, not solving crimes. but Fighting crimes. <laughs> fighting crime. Like making yeah. crimes against uh, <laughs> fiction. Oh, yeah. uh, they, I think broadly, it was a pretty good idea to get people to try and... Um, yeah, uh, give them, give them uh, a focal point to uh, relate to. It's yeah, like that yeah. is an individual there. Whether it be Jace, you know, some oh, little nerdy pain in the ass in a blue hoodie, or yeah. <laughs> you know, throwing fire around like Chandra or whatever, but yeah. it's, it's at least it's like a, it's a sort of superhero kind of person mm. with a voice. And I gives, think we really gives a few extra the... reasons to to write some flavor text as well, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just not yeah. a an goblin, you know, yeah. an tutu goblin. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, someone you can relate to. Uh, and then they kind of uh, had this big arcing storyline, but as uh, the internet and communities are wont to do in, in nerddom, people were like, uh, oh, so they called this super team the Gate Watch because uh, uh, they were the gate and they were looking at it. I guess they were watching it for a little while. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, things things may or may um, not come through the gate. Yeah, <laughs> they'll try to stop things from coming through the gate and killing everyone. Yeah. Uh, they The feedback from the community was, Okay, cool. The storyline with this, we're seeing these characters over and over and over again. We're a bit sick of it, but they had already written two or three years worth of storyline, <laughs> reaching right. the um, the culmination of the story. So, starting with oh, yeah. about three years ago, they started the the culmination. Was it was of the origins. Uh, was that the oh, about the origin, like their backstory, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So they did even though they were around. Yeah, they did then. a backstory for all these characters, and then they did this kind of like uh, Nicol Bolas is this big evil dragon that mm. they've been fighting against for a few years now, and they finally kind of wrapped it up in the second last set that came out called War of the Spark. So it's been yeah. three years of storyline we've been vaguely following <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to get this kind of culmination. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page somewhere that someone can read to, uh, you know, some people have gone to the effort of threading it together somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there were some really cool elements because um, uh, there was this kind of steampunk inventors plane called Kaladesh and it seemed really out of whack for the tone of yeah. magic when we'd seen all these big wars and lots of fighting and this kind of thing. And then we're like, why are we even here? It ended up being a pretty cool set. I played a lot of it. Yeah, uh, the set. whole plot point on that was, some inventor on Kaladesh had made a thing and this big bad swooped in out of nowhere and stole it. <laughs> and then we didn't get a resolution to that story. And we didn't. And then we went to Armanket, which is like the Egyptian themed plane. And then there was uh, these armies being made from the, the best warriors on the plane. And then the big bad guy came in and swooped and stole them. And we're like, <laughs> what is it always seems going like on with all there's these- an element there where they could really do it well. Yeah. And we always go into these things going, what if it's going to be good? <laughs> and then we laugh. And, and then we laugh. And I've stopped reading it now yeah. because I read it for a while and it was just intolerable. It was terrible. But then they did hire a proper um, writer. Yeah. I haven't read any of her stuff since, so I can't judge. It might have got good since then. It's gotten okay since then. It's got okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, coming up, they've, got a, uh, they've been talking with Netflix about uh, an animated series and 
and uh, Joe and Anthony Russo that did Avengers Endgame, they're producing oh, yeah. um, uh, Magic the Gathering animated series. Uh, so, again, we're there rubbing our hands together going, do, do you think it might be good? What if or, it's good? Or if it's terrible, will yeah. all those people that I keep talking to at work just point and laugh when I walk into the yeah. door in the morning mm. because he plays magic. Oh. Yeah. So what well, if it turns you know, out like the Warcraft movie? Oh, yeah. oh, that Avatar, the last Airbender movie, <laughs> or whatever. Like they, yeah. they just take a beloved thing. But at least with Magic, the storyline's been pretty loose. It's uh, pretty yeah. much released um, weekly story nuggets that you can read or not read. I haven't been reading the last few, but I keep up to, with it very much because it kind of informs spoilers or where they're going to be going next. Or And some of the cards have like usually have a five-card um, cycle of story spotlights within a set. And that gives you a bit of an idea about what's going on, or if you can't piece it together, you you, you ask somebody, and they sort of tell you the gist of yeah. of the story for the set. My, uh, course, set twenty twenty doesn't have that, by the way, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the last set that came out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, last few sets. What do you feel like is the state of the game? Um, you know, we've just had Chord twenty twenty drop. Um, so, you know, between so the last few sets and now this one, what's you know what's exciting you guys in in the actual well, uh, gameplay? This is probably going to be rather subjective. I mean, I think uh, Aaron and I might be on the same page about most of these sets. Uh, people that we co-host the show with will be dramatically different. So this, this is <laughs> yeah. definitely a subjective skew from, from our point of view. Definitely. Um, it's the, the four sets that we've got now that will be kept after rotation, which is, uh, well, yeah, what was happened, <laughs> happened was they said, okay, every year you're going to get four main sets. Uh, uh, and one of those is going to be a core set. The other three are going to be separate big sets, and they're not going to be in a block. The last where we're at, where we are now is we've got the core set, and the for the previous the two two out of the other three, uh, Ravnica Allegiance and Guilds of Ravnica, were set in in Ravnica, but they're separate sets, even though it sounds like a block. Yeah, yeah, it's all kind of semantics <laughs> so, to be like, yeah. yeah, okay, it's not this, it's not. This is how it's going to be forever, but not this one. But kind of this one. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just, just do it. But anyway. I think if I mean we've got uh, if we if we ignore everything, Ixalan rivals Ixalan Dominaria and Corset 2019. From there on, I thought they've all got had the last the last what we got last four sets have been really quite flavoursome. We've had the the guilds, which was like uh, the Return to Ravnica days, where you know there's a two colour pairing, and it, and it sort of leads you away into what kind of deck you want to build. And I've, I've, like, I think I really like Ravnica Allegiance. I, I love that set. And I think that might not have been as well. What's the, what's the wider, how people receive that on a wider scale? Yeah, Ravnica Allegiance just kind of like, it felt like a bit more of the same. Um, same again of, after we done to Ravnica. Ravnica. It was it, way better. It was, it, better. it was way better in, yeah. in my opinion. But um, it, it's, it's just the kind of, there's this hive mind thing where, yeah. um, We've decided it's not going to be a good one. Yeah, or, or or the the negative feedback kind of gets traction before the positive feedback uh, mm. goes. And like um, this this is a this is a constantly recurring theme. So like um, the, they've only just announced the name of the new set that's coming out in September, which which I guess we'll talk about later. Mm. Um, but the one that came out two years ago was like dinosaurs, pirates, vampire conquistador yeah. kind of thing, kind of Mesoamerican stuff called Ixalan, and then there was a second set called Rivals of Ixalan. They were rough. Like, yeah. they, they dropped, and everyone was like, 
oh, this is just kind of like, you can see what they were going for, can't you? You go, what, yeah. what do kids like? Dinosaurs. What else do they like? Pirates. Okay, yeah. let's just throw it all in the same set. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Mixed it all into a big We were big looking pond. for ninjas as well, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> things like, like come on. If, hey, if the ninjas were in there. <laughs> I just couldn't see them. Yeah, but, hey, yeah, we all made a discovery today. Um, and those were just kind of, I, we were playing with it and we, you want to be excited, but they just dropped the ball on some stuff. The power level of their cards was low. The flavor was a bit off. It was a bit kind of wacky. Um, and then those sets dropped and, and you were just a bit sad as a Magic player for six months mm. because you couldn't be excited about the stuff because they've done it so far in advance, they can't react because of the way the print medium works. So they can't change anything. We just have to live with playing just with those cards for, for however long. Um, then, Dominaria was a bit of a saving beacon yeah, with all and, that. I and Dominaria that. was this kind of set. They, they said, oh, we're going back into the 25 years of magic history. We're drag, dredging up all these cool old characters and putting them in new situations and stuff. And that was the best set they'd released in yeah. ages and ages cool. and ages. Well, it felt like, you know, we say ages and ages. It's just that we were so tired after the Ixalans <laughs> that we, as soon as Dominaria went, we haven't seen a set like this in like 20 years. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it was happening. And it was those one, one of those weird sets you only have for two and a half months. And we treasured, yeah. it, treasured it like a precious jewel in <laughs> yeah. our hands. And then, and then the course that came out and that kind of brought it back to bare bones magic. And that course that last year, 2019 mm. wasn't, Fantastic. It, it's not a course at 2020. No, yeah. no, course at 2020. Yeah. A lot stronger. And then, so yeah, coming into to that. So then we had guilds, yeah. then we had Ravnica Allegiance, and then we had the weird one, which was War of the Spark, which was the Planeswalker set. And this is that culmination of all the storyline stuff that's yeah. going on. Yeah, it's the big war, all the Planeswalkers, you know, coming mm. together to yeah. fight Nickel Bolas. Um, now, this was a set I thought going into it, I thought, wow, they'll put a Planeswalker in every pack. This is targeted at first-time players because that's what got first that's what gets first-time players excited as soon as it <clears throat> as soon as it landed and we started playing it it was it was just it, would be, it was kind of like the worst experience for first-time players I think because it was overly complicated it was swingy um, but that being said you liked it oh, and so this is a perfect set for me <laughs> I, I've, yeah. I've, I was in my complete element because um, the, the reason that I didn't like Ixalan Rivals Corset 2019 was because it felt like there was about one layer to the strategy. If you're drafting it or playing with it in decks and stuff, there's only really one element to a lot of the ways you can play these things. In War of the Spark, it's like complicated onboard things, yeah. tricking them with stuff. You can draft some weird, wild strategy with and play a deck. Static effects before. sticking yeah. around all over the place. So really, knowledge is important. Really rewarded... Uh, in franchise players, but I think mm. that wasn't completely their intention, but it just kind of blew the complexity of the game out for about three months. And uh, you're not getting new players. In I like feel there's a whole bunch of potential new players from the War of Spark era who aren't coming back. Yeah. Just go, that's not a game for me. Mm. And they probably should, if they were to come along now in Corset 2020, happy days, yeah. I think. They would have a much better time. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, that's that's... That's, that's where we're going. That's where we're moving forward from now, of course, at 2020, which is just at its pre-release. We're starting to draft it a little bit more now, and it's having its effect on standard. Um, and I think I, I haven't drafted it yet uh, myself, but I'm kind of excited. It seems like it's got a couple of good archetypes within it that would be fun to, to push for. And I feel like I'm playing Magic again, where before, in more of the spark, I kind of just drifted away from it. I didn't play it. I didn't play Magic as often uh, as I did in Ravnica Allegiance. I was just playing it all the time. And then as War of the Spark came out, I found well, I'm not playing it that often. And then 
Yeah, of course, at 2020, I'm really, I'm really pumped again because I'm, I know I'm going to get into this one. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That's awesome. And look, so just to open another can of worms, uh, Magic Arena. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, big, one, that's the big ten. <laughs> one thought is that, you know, I, I am curious on... When yeah, so Corset twenty twenty has just come out. Do, does it all align directly in the digital version now, or like do the timing separate a little bit? But you know, from so that, yeah, this is a contentious first huge, point here. Point yeah, right. But like it kind of it kind of frames the whole rest of the discussion. Yeah, so right. uh, As a player personally who plays like a, a lot, a lot, I would spend quite a bit of money playing. Uh, so this is a couple of years ago playing Magic Online. I fly around the world to play tournaments like like these Grand Prix events and, and this kind of thing. Um, so you're testing for competitive stuff. And then also I work in the industry because we run a couple of stores in Perth here as well. So you're in it constantly. And I have never played more net magic than I have since Magic Arena came out. Which is which yeah, is saying something. And we know we know people have said I haven't played in ten years, and because Arena came out, I stuck my toe back in the pond, yeah. and I'm and I'm back playing, um, even if that's still just electronically. Mm. Yeah, and I we mean, have look, yeah, interest. I'll even like sorry, just do, yeah, I'll I'll flag that I like I've tried out over the you know over the last however many years, you know the various times mm. they've tried to release friendly digital magic. And mm. so many of the times it just it just didn't work well, you know, and there was no like things just basic modern things like synchronizing, you know, across devices wasn't there. But then arenas yeah. really seemed like it opened that up and that, you know, it's it's accessible but still feels like you are genuinely playing magic. And so even just for me, it uh, that's been my experience is to feel like going, Oh, I'm 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 able to just quickly have a game even though i'm sitting here at home by myself with no one to actually play with so i've yeah i've enjoyed it so far as well yeah it's, it does i mean there's, look there's there's pros and there's cons and one of the big pros uh, is its immediacy you know you can you know we could fire up a draft in within the minute and be sitting there playing it <clears throat> whereas if you go to a store you might have to to wait for you know another seven players or enough for a pod to arrive and then you're there for three hours as you play it where on arena you can you can come and go but that social aspect of it, being face-to-face, sharing stories, actual tangible cards in your hand. You know, it's like I always think about, you know, I think it was, this is from some sort of Star Trek movie. Uh, it's, it's the going and touching of something. You know, if you go to a museum and you see something, uh, you, you would like to touch it. Or, you know, you go to, um, you go to PAX and you, and you meet someone famous or the artist, the, the, you know, the, the magic place with them. You want to shake hands. You know, that's yeah. really, you made contact. That is a lot better, and that's more of the experience I think that we respond to as people, um, other than doing something digitally. Uh, and I think having that card, and even just, you know, you go to a store and you see a black lotus in the counter, you're not going to buy it, but just being there and going, ooh, this one <laughs> yeah. day, you know, or a sweet yeah. masterpiece, you know, like, that's yeah. a beautiful looking card. And you can just, I was in the same room as that, you know. I think that is going to be one of the things that's difficult to replace. And the, but but the so MTG Arena is. Ex- 
exploding with popularity so mm. much so that um, well, I guess I'll talk about this in a sec, but they're changing the professional scene around it as well. Uh, the biggest issue that I have as someone who has a vested interest in wanting paper magic to do well, because we run stores that run events and this kind of thing. And as someone that deeply loves magic arena, because it's the first authentic uh, proper magic experience that I can have at home by myself online. They, there is a huge disconnect between getting people playing magic arena and getting them into stores and playing paper magic. Yeah. MTG arena is the biggest, most expensive magic ad ever. I'm worried that it's too convenient and too nice to be playing Magic Arena constantly as opposed to it being... And if it's, it's one of those things, if that's the first, your first engagement with Magic, that becomes a, a habit and a routine that you're in. Yeah. If then it's like, oh, there's this other thing, it's like, well, why do I have to derail from this habit that I'm in to go and play in a store when I can be doing this in a second? Yeah. Where I think it's the existing players that might have a foot in each camp and do both. Yeah, and, and this is the thing that I... I'm personally worried about, which is uh, Hasbro, who are the big toy company that own Wizards of the Coast who make magic, uh, are saying, hey, look, you had this paper thing before. That's good. That's been going well for years. Keep doing that. Now you've made this digital one. That's a new revenue stream. You've seen some slight hits to this kind of thing, but why would you not just do both and make people try and spend as much money as you can on both? And that's the problem is you, you get diminishing returns with people. Uh, I know people who have just said, oh, just don't play paper magic anymore because it's cheaper for me to play arena and more convenient and I can do all this other stuff. And it's doing the opposite of what everyone yeah. I think wants, which is getting more people playing paper magic. And I think the, the, the it's the same thing with, uh, like getting back to the paper argument, if, if how could that survive? I think we've all bought DLC for electronic games that are just in our cupboards now or deleted off our Xboxes yeah. and PlayStation and that, that DLC that we bought is worth nothing now, mm -hmm. and we don't even look at it to use it. With Paper Magic, at least you have something tangible that um, has a, a heritage to it. So at any point in time, you can take that into your local good game store and sell it back, trade it in for some more modern cards, and um, you know it has, a, has a, a, a value. Or even if it's just in the, like, you know, as I'm saying, I was a collector, you know, if I've got a folder full of them, I look through them and I go, oh, I remember playing that, that card. That was mm -hmm. cool. You know, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's memories, you know, where I don't get any memories out of that, um, that lost uh, electronic stuff that I bought. And I think, you know, in future, if they just say, okay, arenas, you know, what the new technology comes out or we play games a little bit differently on electronic devices and it's not transferable from arena to whatever they want to do next, all that stuff, all our collections that we're getting in arenas just, it's as valuable as the MTGO um, yeah. <laughs> card that we've got, you know, it's, it's kind of gone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, this might be something that has been brought up 50,000 times. Oh, no, here, wait, here. I, I've, got a, I've got a perfectly unique suggestion. I'm sure nobody's ever brought it up. And, <laughs> yeah. and that is... We're going to fix it, Seamus. Yeah, like, couldn't they put, like, a little code in the, in the, in the packs so that you kind of get... A reward in arena by buying your real packs, something like that. Oh, they do do that. When you when you show up to a pre-release, you'll get a, a code yeah. in in the pack that will give you six. Is it six? Six packs. Six packs. Like, uh, they've, and they've trialed it. So we 
in our last batch of Dominaria boosters that we were going to get, there was a code in every booster, physical booster pack that you bought that would give you some reward on Arena. And yeah, if you turn up to these pre-releases, which is once every three months, yep. you get some reward for... Or if you buy a Planeswalker deck, Arena. you can put the code in and you'll have that Planeswalker yeah. deck in your um, yeah. Arena. The, the mistakes that I think they're making um, is uh, in, in, in that particular case is it drives people the other way. It, yeah, it drives so people the other way. That's so, what I was going to say. That I feel like yeah. if, if it was in, if it was permanently something in every pack, you know, and it was something done in a way that means, well, you can build your arena collection, you know, while you're playing the main game. But if it's only temporarily giving you things over at arena, it does sound like it's just said to a bunch of physical buyers. By the way, have you noticed there's this digital version over there? Yeah, imagine if it drove you the other way. Imagine if you played a whole bunch of Arena and you accrued points and it's like, hey, you can go into a, uh, into a, into a game store yeah. and yeah. get an actual pack of cards. And yeah. you're like, oh, I can that get real stuff. That would be stuff. cool. And yeah. it's not better. Yeah. And it's not too great a step because you are handing out money a lot of the they, time. They already did this. So when they, they, did. they brought out the first digital versions uh, of Magic that weren't Magic Online, which is the super clunky Windows-looking thing, yeah. uh, so Jewels of the Planeswalkers came out. They said, if you buy this on Steam for 10 bucks or whatever, we'll give you a code. You can go to your local game store and we'll give you a promo yeah. card. You can only get through um, doing that thing. Mm. Uh, and so that's immediately getting people into stores. And I remember yeah, giving them out. Cool. When did that? Yeah, I've got, I've got one in yeah, yeah, over there. Yeah, um, scavenging ooze. They were like yeah. $30, $40 for ages. And the only way to get them was to buy Jewels of the Planeswalker. I'm waiting. I'm waiting and holding out until it becomes 50. Then I'm selling it. <laughs> I keep reprinting uh, the, um, the other thing, which I was going to say in this case, which is a mistake, is they have started releasing the sets on Magic Arena before yeah. the cards even hit physical stores. This is a big problem. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so you, now you, No, right. it's so, so, so stupid. So you can go play a pre-release at a store on the now starting from Friday 3 p.m. Mm. I'd already played six sealed events on Magic Arena before I even touched a physical card, which is just absurd. Yeah. It came out on the Wednesday morning or something, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to play some sealed before I play the pre-release. Imagine a player that says, Hey, I'm going to try sealed a Magic Arena before the pre-release this weekend. They yeah. don't enjoy it. They cancel their pre-release registration. Exactly. Arena got their money oh, or their gems or their gold yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Th- these are the these are the dangerous things. And I think if I was in that team, I would say release it after pre-release because yeah. that is the thing that drives people into stores. You can only play with these cards if you go to a store. As opposed to, you can play with them for three days and then you might go to a store. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. They did say, the right Wizard, we, we have heard reasonably directly from Wizards that their main focus is paper magic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you feel like it's a it's a big company and, you know, how much... I feel and, like, and it's like, it's all about making money and everything. It's about as believable as a, a Philip Morris, like, lung research thing <laughs> saying, don't worry, cigarettes are safe. Don't worry about it, man. You'll yeah. be fine. It's like, can I believe it coming from those guys? It, it has I to think, be that forward-facing message the paper magic is their biggest yeah and I think the only way that we know that it really is is if they do something like that if yep. they say okay uh, pre-release on arena is the week after the, the physical release and then it gets the hoo-ha back into the, the big weekend excitement everyone's getting together to see the cards yeah. for the first time that you know that's 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 the cool thing I yeah. enjoy about pre-releases I'll very so, quickly you, go ahead start Sorry, yeah, I'll very quickly touch on um, the debacle with the, the professional scene. So um, for uh, and Magic Arena ties into this as well. Uh, the how it worked for years and years and years was there as uh, the the Pro Tour, which was the highest level of competitive Magic that you could play. Uh, you could qualify for it through all these convoluted ways. There were 
Pro Tour qualifiers in local stores, and then they made it harder to do. So you had to do preliminary ones and then regional ones, and then you could go. They, they would fly you to Berlin or uh, Dublin or yeah. somewhere in the U.S. where you could go play the Pro Tour and be one of only 500 people playing this exclusive. That was conference. crazy, exciting times. Yeah, and uh, we we ran PTQ mm. where we flew local players to the U.S. or, or Dublin. Yeah, yeah, Dublin, yeah, Dublin was from straight Vancouver. Um, and uh, they have changed these recently to be called Mythic Championships. And now four of the Mythic, there's six or seven a year, four of the Mythic Championships are Paper Magic and three are Magic Arena exclusive. And uh, along with this professional thing, there used to be a way to, to be paid to play Magic. You, you were in the Pro Players Club. There were multiple tiers, like levels, and they would pay you to do well at tournaments. They'd pay you to turn up at these events because you're a famous face in the scene. Over the last six months, they've just started winding all this stuff down and kind of mm. merging it into this thing called the Magic Pro League, which is 64 players who stream Magic a lot. And they are very, very good players. They get paid a wage from Wizards of the Coast, Magic, Hasbro, whoever, um, to just be in this cool pro league. But there's nothing for, like, a kid to aspire yeah. to in a store now. Yeah. They haven't been really forthcoming with how to qualify for this Magic Pro League. A few people dropped out, and they just replaced them with people who had done well at tournaments. Or one guy was a famous Hearthstone streamer, and they just put him in because they knew that it would be good publicity for the game. But now what are we doing as competitive players there's no incentive for us to do it apart from grind on magic arena which is now unfortunately living in perth the easiest way to get to the pro tour and yeah. to isolate the whole big event and granted it's not the be all and end all of why we play magic we wouldn't do it because we know it's, it's quite unlikely you do it but it's like that's the dream and they've killed that dream for tens and of thousands of, of players. And that's uh, one of the things I really love about paper, paper magic is that it inspires you to travel. You end up going to... Yeah. We almost went to Taipei this year. Yeah. And it's like... We're going to Bangkok. In we're going to Bangkok in a couple of months. Um, and I probably wouldn't have gone there in a hurry. You know, I might have chosen some other destination. Uh, you know, but Taipei, I don't think I'd ever... I've never looked at going to Taiwan mm. for a, a holiday or a getaway. And I was, I was almost there just a couple of months ago just because of the, a GP running there. And that's what I like about Paper Magic is it, it can get you places yeah. and, uh, and, and yeah, have all the fun of those Magic Fests. And, and so, like, if they're removing the incentives for that, I'm worried about uh, the spiraling consequences of that because a lot of the reason that Magic is such a great hobby is uh, this kind of – there's this secondary market of cards being worth something because they're good in tournaments. If there's nothing to be won at the end, it's kind of like the Pro Tour was determining the prices of these cards, the secondary market. Why would you buy four copies of $70 mm. Teferi to put in your standard deck just to beat kids at your local store with? Or if you qualify for a, a Mythic Championship on Magic Online and you run out of your bedroom to tell someone if there's no more community, who are you going to tell? Yeah. What's the achievement? The, the internet? I don't yeah. know. So, so I think <laughs> yeah. they've really mixed their signals with uh, incentives, but I think it's coming from Hasbro on high saying, make uh, this Magic Arena thing is huge and it's only been around for six months, put all your interest into that. And they go, but what about Paper Magic? And they go, yeah, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing with that. It doesn't mesh those, yeah. those two concepts. Is it officially released here or is it still open beta? It's still in beta. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I if you think about modern and commander players, though, there is, there's probably never going to be a modern or, the, or a, a same sort of format as what there is 
for mm-hmm. modern in paper now and commander now. So that would be a big task for them to put that on arena. So there's probably always going to be something like that around in they paper form. Can't, they can't do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess if you wanted to talk about that, Chairman. It definitely yeah. seems like, uh, you know, if, if they made a choice to essentially reprint the entire history of magic cards into arena that's probably where you hit the point where you go okay yep they have officially decided to kill paper yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're lucky that there's a bit of uh lock-in uh in that there are only so many people working on it because they've chosen to program it in-house and the amount of cards that would have to program into the thing and all the interactions and all the artwork and all the <laughs> yeah. thing would make it astronomically disgusting to, to uh, projects to do. So unless mm. they were destroying paper magic because they realized that arena is more profitable and then they put all the people that are working on paper magic into, or, or, or they employ twice as many people just to program this. And I still don't think that they could put modern on magic arena. It just doesn't work with the mm. model that they've created. There. I don't even argue to a certain extent. I mean, if wizards to stop printing, cards altogether that would probably kill paper i'm thinking right now the conversation is just so big and there's so many people concerned about what the impact of arena on paper magic and this conversation is so big i think that's an indication that there's a there's a big there's, there is there's a massive community of people playing magic who are all keen to see it uh still yeah. exist in paper for a long time so i think even i think even if they try to kill it in a big way um, it might not be um, a, a lucrative one or lucrative. It might just be, no, it might not be something you would uh, work a business around anymore, but I think the game would always exist um, because yeah. people had, have too much of it and they would continue to want to play it. It's got 26 years of history. I think I don't think that you can ever really kill it. You can stop printing new cards and you could just do them on Arena, but people would print them off and play them in the yeah. paper. There, <laughs> there is nothing. And more, it'd be like, we're like, how? We're showing them. It'd yeah. become like that, wouldn't it? And then they'd be like, maybe there's a market in printing these in, in cardboard form Old again. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd go back the other way. Yeah. And look, I think... Um, I don't know if you guys saw because it was definitely one of those nice things. And again, you know, the focus of this show is very much on on the reason that we sit across a table from each other. You know, like you, you touched yeah. on there quite a bit is is that there is so much more value in in that idea of actually getting together rather than just all the sort of digital modes of play. But there was a great piece of news the other the other week that I saw. I'm not sure if you guys saw it about um, uh, like basically recursive raptors uh, killing Magic Arena. Um, that someone came up with like an infinite interaction and the game in the uh, digital format couldn't quite handle it in the way that human oh. brains sitting at a table can just point at a card and go, well, there's an infinite yeah, thing now. These, yeah, yeah there's, uh, I, I, I did see that. And there was another really unfortunate thing, which was uh, someone realized that their opponent couldn't respond while they were spamming uh, an emote, which is clicking oh. on the, the digital cat, <laughs> cat thing. Uh, and so... There are. <laughs> uh, th- th- this has been a problem with with Magic because Magic's an incredibly complicated game, and Magic yeah. Arena is a truly authentic thing. And infinite combos in a pool of ten thousand cards or whatever will exist, and only more will exist as the game goes on. Yeah. They just need to have really good ways to to handle those things. Yeah. Um, one example I have from Magic Online was uh, when you had to click through all these things in this kind of Windows-based looking program. Uh, you couldn't play combo decks 
on there. So there was this, uh, there was this combo deck called Splinter Twin, where you would make an arbitrarily large amount of tokens with an infinite combo, and then you would attack your opponent with them. To be able to pull off that combo in paper, you say, I'm going to make infinite copies of my Splinter Twin. Do you yeah. have any responses? Exactly. Yeah. And, and then you can go, yeah, cool, you're going to do that, and then I'm going to do this thing. On Magic Online, I could just, if someone was playing that deck <laughs> against me, you make them click through it, and they waste their chess clock, and then they lose because they run out of time. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's just an unfortunate... Bad field. It's a terrible, terrible <laughs> yeah. field. Yeah. But if, if I'm in something where I could qualify for the Pro Tour, you don't play that no. deck. Like, yeah. And, and that's, that's just a sad byproduct of, of, a, of a paper game. Yeah. And it's also a sad byproduct, which is this game's so complex, and there's so many different interactions that can happen, it may never come to mobile devices. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, and you, get lots, you get lots of things, mm. you get lots of bad things, like with Arena as well, you know, when you you try to enchant your creature as you're about to do an attack, and you, you know... It clicks through the priority, and you oh, can't do it. Yeah, or, you know, you, or you, you know, it says target creature, and you go, well, I want to kill that one, and then you put your enchantment on their creature instead of your oh, own. Yeah, like <laughs> two, big, two big click-ons, which you would never do in real life. You yeah, go, I'm going to enchant my dude, and the card just flies across the table onto their <laughs> thing. Go, oh, yeah. thanks, plus two, plus two on my guy. Huh? And there's also that, like there was that one the other day where there's, um, I think it's all about having like full control, but the different um, breakdown of like the upkeep and being able to uh, do things. Oh, but, we were talking about responding to rotting registrar, and, that's and it, it, yeah. it went past my upkeep phase because usually there's nothing to do in the upkeep, and it made me discard my only card when I had oh. something to play there, and and I knew that I could do it. Um, but on the other token, uh, there has been some on-camera cheating at events in in, <laughs> yeah. in paper magic because. Um, there's a card that says you can't play cards from your hand, and this guy played a card from his hand. He ended up winning the entire tournament, yeah, and people didn't do that shit on camera until after the tournament had finished. On Magic <laughs> Arena, you couldn't do that. You could literally, you can't <laughs> yeah. even click on the card, and it's one of the reasons why I think that it's it's uh, a positive because every game can't have a judge standing over it or whatever. But then one of the coolest bits about Paper Magic is the mind games, and you, and you miss yeah. the kind of mind games. Not, yeah. non, non-cheating mind games, non-cheating but mind games. If, if you go through the seven-line hand catalog, we've told some stories about oh, some yeah. stuff that we've pulled off where you like, tr- <laughs> trick, trick people into wow. doing things and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm only thinking about your one at the um, at the yeah. Sydney GPs. Like, uh, what was it? You know, you you said I um, oh, was oh, it? Electro- oh, electrodominance. Electrodominance, you? <laughs> and they just folded. Yeah. Even though you didn't have enough to kill them. Yeah. You, you just. Yeah. You just- yeah, I don't, and then, then what happens then is like after the event, you know, you're at dinner and, and Aaron's like, oh, "Well, this is what I did," and everyone and everyone like morally judges him. Yeah, and you get a, you get a, you get the, the jury of, of yeah. people you're at dinner with, and you go, uh, "This is a moral gray area," but and then half the table are with you, and half the table are like, "I would never do that. That's horrible." So that's pretty interesting. Can't do that on Magic Arena. Can't do that. No, no, you can't have your mates tell you that you you just better leave. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> All right, mm. so let's look look forward a little bit. So, you know, what are the the, yeah. the next things coming up? Do they give much pre-announce time? Um, you know, big hints and teasers and things like that. Well, we've got a we've got a big announcement show this ooh, after the twentieth. We'll be doing a seven land hand extra talking about everything that uh, Mark Rosewater Water will be talking about. This on the twentieth, uh, Mark Rosewater is one of the like the main designer, the main magic yeah. dudes. He's holding a panel at San Diego Comic Con oh, on the yeah, 20th cool. to announce um, what's going on with the new set, which is Throne of Eldraine. Um, 
and so he'll be giving us more details. At the moment, we've got the name. It's got a picture with fairies on it, which yeah. apparently isn't that important yeah. because fairies aren't important. In they it. put a bunch of fairies in the key artwork, and then they go, why does everyone think it's about fairies? It's like, we don't really have much to speculate on. Yeah. That's the first thing we all said. was like, fairies, fairies, fairies. Yeah, apart from the name, which is Throne of Eldraine. That's the yeah. I said it out loud, actually. That's pretty exciting. It's um, a, the royal courts of Eldraine request the honor of your presence. So it's kind of very like, wordy, like courtly French yeah. revolutionary intrigue kind of Maybe. thing. Maybe. Uh, I, think, I think the royal thing, because it's a purple colored set, yeah. by what we're mm-hmm. saying. Uh, so th- that is about it. So, th- so this set will drop at the end of September. Pre-releases will happen. Um, 28, and then, then the set comes out on the 4th of October. And the September-October releases are always the best. Yeah. Because they rotate cards out of tournament play, which is standard, which, which we uh, play on Magic Arena. And you won't be able to play with the four oldest sets. This, fifth, this, this set will come out, Throne of Eldraine. And it'll add 250 new cards that interact with all these old ones. And so standard then will be will be guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, War of the Spark, Core Set 2020, and Throne, Throne of Eldraine. Eldraine. That's the 82nd set. 82nd. 82nd. Wow. 82 sets, wow. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. yeah. It is so a lot, isn't how it? far? So how many a year? So when will we hit the hundredth set? Ooh, oh, 18, 18. 18 and four a year, so yeah, four, like four and a half years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three, four, yeah. 2023, <laughs> 2024, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Which will tie in pretty closely with the 30th anniversary because they, oh, they didn't always do four, four a year, but yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to work out. Like now they're about, the large sets are about 260, 270, but then there were, there were a few that were smaller, but then the few that were just gigantic as well. So yeah. you can't even do. 82. Like if you go 82 times 250 cards, that's a conservative yeah. guesstimate at how many. There's so many. Oh, well, so some of those are reprints. So, and I know yeah, every single no. one of them. So that's, that's, so that's a recurring <laughs> seven-line hand joke that uh, yeah. I know every card that's been printed in the history of time. <laughs> Except for the ones where you, it, you didn't. I didn't know them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it never happens. Awesome. Like our magic, magic quizzes we do. That's like Aaron has never lost. He may have lost on occasion, but he's never lost. Oh, never lost. Oh, never lost. I get it. I understand yeah. now. Good. Well, congratulations yeah. on the never losing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, how many episodes have you guys done? Uh, I think we just did our 151st, which doesn't sound like a lot when you look at some other, uh, you know, like some people do like podcasts every five seconds, you know, so they get up to 400, 500 in no time. But <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been at least every fortnight for the last six years, so it's just, you know, Pretty consistent. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been get, pulling a lot more audience uh, recently with short, snappy video content, which we're super proud of. Um, mm. But like yeah, the the podcast that we do fortnightly, yeah, it's, uh, they've been going for quite a while. Now. Yeah, yeah. And now, now with the how we plan to do, it, we'll do one big show every month, and then like like this weekend, you know, when um, the big announcements come out, we'll do a I'll I'll call Aaron up and I'll say, what do you make of this? And we'll have a quick chat about it, and it'll be ten to fifteen minutes long. Mm. So hopefully uh, for everyone that you know, subscribes to the show, they'll just get like a quick 10-minute, 15-minute thing they can listen to on the way to work that'll bring up to speed with magic news. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so where can people find your shows and yourselves if everywhere. you have the social media profiles? It's ever, anywhere. Just everywhere. Uh, seven land hand. It's yeah. seven with a number. <laughs> yeah, land so hand. Seven land hand or, or one word usually. And you can find it through all your good podcast apps. I use Overcast. It's on um, mm. 
Stitcher, it's on iTunes. Uh, and we invite people if, like, if it's not on their favorite pod app or whatever, it's usually just a matter of subscribing it to them or making them aware of it, but it's pretty yeah. much everywhere. And then it's just youtube.com slash sevenlandhand for uh, all our video content, and then you can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash sevenlandhands. Yeah, all. and people get in on that. We do. We've got we loads of giveaways. We've got, like, Buster Booster that we do, so if we op- we'll open a booster on our main show every month or two or three. And uh, and then we'll do a listener question questions section and the questions we like the best, we just give those boosters away, even if they've got mail them, mail them around Australia. Six million dollar cards inside of them. They're gone. Oh, they go anywhere. We'll throw them in Australia. Yeah. We'll send them to Sweden and all sorts. So have, yeah, you, have you given away a particularly epic uh, pack of cards? We got we get. We get super unlucky with the packs that we open on the podcast because we open them live because we, we've been live streaming our, our magic ones recently. And we're just like, oh, man, imagine if we open a foil Liliana and we send it to, to some dude in Sweden. That would be so great. And we just keep opening just trash. Like, but we have had, we've added stuff to it. Like we've just oh, gone, for sure. I'm just going to add in this masterpiece. And yeah, why not? So we have these mm-hmm. cards. We have, <laughs> we have um, passed on some decent cards in the past. And we've well. received some boosters yeah. to, to crack on Buster Boost. I think we cracked That's a pack fun. of there was a Theros one was the last Theros, one. Uh, the Dark. We did like a weird Fall of the Empires one from the Alex Dad guy. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Yeah, so yeah, we've cracked some, some cool, wacky old boosters on, on the podcast. And we All have right. podcast at, at sevenlandhand.com, so if anyone wants to write in and make suggestions yeah. or yeah, anything, really. And Twitter, Twitter sevenlandhand. We, we've yeah. got the same same username on everything, so it's pretty Googleable. Perfect. Yeah, Googleable. Well, look. Given that you talked about um, cracking packs, I'm going to through the the, the theatre of uh, of radio. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna open. I have a pre-release pack here that I haven't opened. The court. Yeah. Me. All right. And so I'm going to see if your terrible luck is going to rub off on me. <laughs> cool. Um, oh, this will be good. Yeah. We'll all right. Bust the booster together. Really? So we don't see. get the smell. This is the first time I've busted a booster without getting the uh, new pack smell. Mm. <laughs> you couldn't. I, you couldn't do that. What was it? Was it Guilds or Allegiance? If you did that on them, one of them was no, really smelly. Really chemically, yeah. like you'd, if you took a good sniff at it, you would you would wooze in and out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> so my promo card is Temple of Malady. Pretty oh, good. that's a pretty that's, good one. That's a nice one to get. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. You know, like it's yeah. it's obviously I'm like, oh, promo cards are land boring. Oh, okay, but it's good land. Okay, I mean, no, 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 that's a that's a price yeah. one. People and buy now, that one off you. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that, and because I've been to a couple of pre-releases, but I am not, as you can you can hear, I'm opening now. Yeah, there is the whole. There's a trick, isn't there, these days? Of like the, you just need to flip the last two or three cards. Well, you can. You, you can peel the token and the land off of the back, but then if yeah. you go through from the front, well, well we can. We don't mind uh, oh, okay. telling you what we think of the cards as you All go. Right. If, you want, if, you, if you want to do that. Um, or you can just go straight to the rare and <laughs> Yeah, look, let me do that. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Field of the Dead. Oh, that's that's another good one. That's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, open another pack. There's, um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a cool new combo in standard with Field of the Dead. Uh, so you, so there's a card from M19 called Scape Shift, which mm-hmm. says sacrifice any num- number of lands, get that many lands from your deck and put them into play. And if you sacrifice seven or eight, uh, Field of the Dead triggers off seven different lands, right? Chamus? Sorry. Yeah, let me look. Let me look. <laughs> I thought it was right in your head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, field it, of the it triggers off having... Enters tapped whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control. If you control seven or more lands with different names, 
create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Yeah, so the thing with Scapeshift is it puts all the lands into play simultaneously. So if you get eight lands and two of them are Field of the Dead, it makes like 24 tokens or something Ooh, like that. So it's okay. like <laughs> one one card and yeah. you just got to get two Field of Ruin and six other named uh, differently named lands out of your deck and you make it like an infinite amount of zombies yeah. um, and you can do that in standard if you want I'm yet to try it it seems pretty shonky but mm. so yeah, what, what, what are you what are your uncommons um, the, the titles oh yeah okay yep let's do this um, wait 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 um, Vampire of the Dire Moon Crypt, good, good Cryptic Caves mm, Herald so. of the Sun Herald of the Sun that's the 4-4 four, four flyer yeah. For six. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's hard without in the picture. See how I'm falling flat? I can't <laughs> see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Angel I know that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so that's cool. I've got. Um, you, you'll, get, you'll get better, Pat. Villas Broker of Blood. That one's, that one's brutal, that card. Um, it's, yeah, it did a real big number on me when someone cast it against me and then I uh, try to kill it on that turn and they had some way to protect it and it just takes over the game you just draw a million cards and you lose a bit of life to, to draw them but like oh, yeah, yeah things huge yeah. Mm, yeah um and then this one has a foil uh gargos vicious watcher oh gargos oh, that's a big yeah, hydra oh that one might be better actually <laughs> yeah i'd play that yeah, i'd go for that one and it only costs six as well for like a huge seven six vigilance right and you can't kill it without it fighting and eating something else. yeah every time yeah Oh, what's the trigger on that? Is if, if someone whenever a creature becomes a target of a, of a spell, spell, yeah, fights one of their creatures. So yeah, they, <laughs> so they can't even kill it without killing something. And you can own. target it with your own thing. So you like, yeah. so you like rabid bite your gargoyle. It kills <laughs> one of their creatures, and then it fights another one. Oh, if you feral invocation, it, you know, you pump it a bit. It yeah. goes and fights something as well. It's just like. He's like the worst party guest ever. You just yeah. like give him any kind of attention and he's just like, I'm going to kill somebody. Let's <laughs> go up and kill that thing over there. Like the most timid party guest just gets wolfed yeah. down every time. <laughs> so now next pack, I've got a Starfield Mystic. That one, uh, okay, so here's, here's, here's a hot take. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in this set in, in M20 that triggers off playing enchantments or your enchantments are cheaper or they when your enchantment goes to the graveyard, blah, 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 blah. Mm. There's not very many good enchantments in standard right now. So this is a plant uh, for yeah. future sets. Uh, so when a set comes out in a year and it's based around enchantments and stuff, suddenly everyone's digging through their collection <laughs> for, their, <laughs> for this card, for their core set 2020 <laughs> Starfield Mystic. So so this is my, my hot pick for... A card that is terrible now, but in six months could be the best card. Oh, it your first hot take. Yeah. Seven hand. All right. Uh, Cavalier of Dawn. Oh, yeah. Cavalier uh, of anything is yeah. happy days. Yeah, yeah right. good. Good, good, good. That's, that's, a, nice. and that's a mythic rare as well. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a, a, a shiny uh, prismite artifact creature golem. <sighs> Looks nice. Yeah, that's that's a card. You I'll put that, I'll, a card there. I'll, put, I'll put that in a frame, and well, no, because then <laughs> I won't then I won't see it shimmer in the light. So you know, ah, true. That yeah. All right. How about, two, on, two how about on a, rot- a rotating? Thing yeah, that's in a box. <laughs> um, now I've got a steel overseer. That card's really good. Yeah, that is pretty good. You just keep yeah. tapping, it gets plus one, plus one every time. Or all of your artifacts, if you've got some more of the artifact yeah, creature. A, a guy um, on Magic Arena went, turn two Prismite, 
turn three, some stupid artifact guy. Turn four, steel overseer. And <laughs> before he played the steel overseer, I was like, this guy's deck is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. This, it's, it's, this, this card is probably one of the worst ways to lose a game, isn't it? Yeah. You don't want to lose to artifact creatures because they're always overpriced oh, yeah. and like with that two one flyer that runs Anvil Rot Raptor. Yeah. yeah. That thing was holding back my entire board. Yeah, see if you just keep tapping with this thing, the overseer, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and all of a sudden he's got a you know punch in the air for yeah. six or something. <laughs> and Gross. last pack, uh, I've I've yeah. scored a Chandra, Acolyte of Flame. No, that one's a good one. That's a rare, a rare one. A rare one, and she like you can cast a makes elemental sorcery. She makes two one-one elementals with haste that die. Yeah, and mm. then neg- negative X is something. No, I think she neg twos to cast an instant or sorcery from your graveyard, but I can't remember. What there's it actually yeah. there's actually three Chandras in the set: a mystic rare, oh, a rare, and an uncommon right. one. Because mm-hmm. yeah, see, yeah, she's I like this is zero zero and day. minus two, so it doesn't look like there's a you know way to uh, bump her count. No, no, oh, that, right, that's yeah. what happens with um, Planeswalkers since uh, uh, the Spark. Some of them are just... Um, oh, no, no, this one's not, not one of those because one of her zeros is she put a loyalty counter on every hey, red. Yeah. On, on so each red, yeah, red Planeswalker. Oh, includes yeah, okay. herself, so yeah, yeah. that's plus one, but that's the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say some of, the, some of the War of the Spark, um, well, both of the War of the Spark Planeswalkers just, just ticked down. They didn't mm. tick up, so... Um, you just sort of yeah, got this right. weird kind of... It was really kind of like a weird enchantment with three modal plays uh, or two <laughs> yeah. and a static ability. Mm. And then eventually you might just have a Planeswalker sitting there that you couldn't do anything with. Uh, yeah. Hopefully had a decent static ability on it. Mm. <laughs> awesome. Look, I appreciate a, your feedback. on. Uh, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like I didn't have your your terrible luck. <laughs> no, no, you did all right. Though. That was, that was no, all right. Way above average. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. happy with that. <laughs> Look, we've actually guys, done that. We've worked through uh, Pruley's pack on uh, oh, yeah? uh, Buster Booster giveaways in yeah. the past. Yeah, yeah, and probably still not done great. Mm. <laughs> That's no reason why people shouldn't tune in a Buster Booster on Facebook. Yeah, and you'll be the first questions. one to get something really great. Yeah, but hey, free do, cards are free do. cards, right? You know, if, if somebody mm-hmm. wins it, exactly. It's, it's better yeah. than a slap in the face. It costs them nothing, it'll arrive on your doorstep. <sighs> How's that? Look, thank you guys so much for your time. I do appreciate that. In every level, it was just, yeah, a, a good fun chat, and I hope. For those listeners who haven't been up to speed, they're now up to speed on what's going on in the game, all of the biggest arguments in the game. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's it's the perfect. That's another couple of shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Look, when uh, when I I learn more about uh, everything that's that's going uh, wrong or right with with Arena, I'll make sure and invite you guys back to. Uh, to wax lyrical on yeah, sure, uh, man. everything that's going wrong there too. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, yeah hopefully I will, uh, yeah, hopefully actually bumping you guys at a tournament sometime. It's always nice to go oh, and yeah. see the physical stuff. Go yeah. to come to Bangkok in October. Or Brisbane in December. There you go. There's that one too. That's, yeah, slightly closer, yeah, hopefully, slightly more affordable. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully someone listening to this will go, all right, now might be the time to get into magic and, yeah. uh, and why not? Though yeah. I just realized for you guys in Perth, Bangkok is not a terrible trip. Uh, no, yeah, or like Brisbane's almost the same, Ma- right? Malaysia. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's cheaper to fly to Malaysia, Singapore, Bangkok than it is to Melbourne and Sydney sometimes. Not unless your wife wants to come with you and you end up going to uh, Krabby first for a week and then go to Bangkok afterwards. Mm. And the price tag gets up again. I'm not saying who that might have happened to. <laughs> just happened. Yeah. Just now and then, somebody you know, you heard a story once. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's, there's no hardship, but it's a giant paper magic. It gets you out there, man. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't be going on that holiday unless it was for paper magic and my wife. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys again. And, I, yeah, I really look forward to catching up again sometime uh, on magic, whether in person or online, but definitely not. Uh, um, no, no. I should make friends with people in arena. I've realized I think I've been playing it and just tapping at things, but I have no friends in there, which is no, uh, not the way to play. There's no function for that. There's no function that built into that yet. They added a digital pet cat before they added a friends <laughs> list. So <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing anything wrong. Okay, with right. Because yeah. I'm like, maybe yeah, I didn't look properly. Okay, no. Nah. <laughs> this is, it makes it sticks to you a little bit that their priorities are a bit out of whack. Yeah. You know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Give us look, money. What, you want friends? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Have a really good night. Thanks, Shannon. All right, Shannon. Catch you, man. Cheers. Thanks again to the boys from Seven Land Hand. If you are looking for more episodes of The Game Table, of course you can find them at biteside.com. Don't forget to enter the competition. It's closing very soon. All you have to do to enter is email the game table at biteside.com and tell us why your game table is so wonderful. Roughly 25 words or less, but just tell me a good story about why you love your game table so much and getting together with your friends around the table. Until next episode, I guess it's a magic reference. So I hope your spin down dice never hits zero. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.